Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today, I'm here with my lovely friend, Liv. We're in Joshua Tree. Hi, Liv. Hi. <laughs> and I told her I wanted to record a podcast, and we don't know what we're going to talk about. So I'm excited to have you. Thank it's you. It's been a while since you were on the show. Yeah, I don't know, like years? Maybe a couple years. I don't know. Yeah. Time is weird. A really long time, and I was actually just thinking, was the last time... Like, we saw each other literally a year ago. Oh, Because yes. I think it was June. I think it was June of last year. I think you are right. Yeah. It was, like, pretty much a year ago. Oh, my. I wonder if it's, like, almost to the day. I need to look that yeah, up later. Yeah, we, we should look it up. But, you know, this year got got crazy, but it all, <laughs> all worked out <laughs> for the best. Um, what did you – What? tell me about how you felt about Joshua Tree thus far. Your trip. I feel like Joshua Tree was not what I expected. What did, what did you expect? I really thought it was going to be like this, kind of like the Tulum energy, like so spiritual and all these like vibey places. There's like one vibey place, which is like Joshua Tree Coffee and everything else. It's just not like, even that vibey. And it's the smallest like street and it's just like, that's it? Yeah. And I don't, I really like the energy of the land though. Like don't get me wrong. I can feel the potency of the energy, but I think also... I had never really been to a desert since yeah. I've been spiritual. And I feel like the the death in the desert to mm. me doesn't do as much to, for me as like a lush mountains. So yeah. I love the mountains. When there's like lush and greenery, yeah. my soul is happy. Like the death and destruction kind yeah. of like – it's like very barren, right? Like yeah. survival mode. It's it's nice, but it's very like survival, like eat or be killed. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, we're like going on the trail and it's like the desert is deadly. Watch out. <laughs> like, because there's true. literally no one out here. Yeah. You know. It's like barren. Yeah. So, well, I mean, would you come back? With you. With me. Yeah. yeah. Or like for a specific thing. Like I would. Yeah. But like I probably would want to explore like Sedona or some other places that maybe just has like more. Yeah. I, I think you would probably like Sedona more because I think you like more like activity a little bit like Joshua Tree is and I told you this like I thought the same thing too because like everybody mm-hmm. would talk about Joshua Tree and I thought it was gonna have like all these really like cool things to do and it's really just like you're in the middle of nowhere and what I love about it is like my nervous system can actually slow down but it has this like really bizarre time vortex energy mm-hmm. to it it's yes. like I mean I have been I feel like actually our time has been like kind of normal compared to usual, except, I mean, yesterday, I mean, it's, we had other shit go on, but like a lot of times I'll come here for two days and it feels like I was here for like three weeks. And I'm like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Like I, it will, I'll be here for just a couple of days. And I feel like I've been here too long. It's like really weird. Like every day feels like it's a week. It's crazy. I didn't really feel like that this time. Um, but I definitely usually notice like a time warp. I'm seeing so much shit right now. Okay, go on. I'm, what are you seeing? I need I'm, to know. I'm I'm literally seeing so many rainbow vortexes <laughs> around you right now. <laughs> this is like yesterday. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm maybe we'll get into that. Um, but I feel like it's got that. It does have that death energy and that very like Plutonian yes. kind of energy and like the weird ET. Like there's like this dark thing. There's like dark stuff here, which I actually feel like I was thinking like. I think this trip we both got uh, what we what we needed, yeah, you know. 100%. And I was thinking like this is really for me what I'm 
bringing forward like we talked about and like breaking open is like a lot of this more like dark feminine stuff that I'm like a lot more ready to like express externally mm-hmm. to people and I was even just you know we walked in and I was like making comments about the crows and there's like this creepy like crow picture in my room and I'm like there's like weird death energy here I think it's the desert yeah yeah but it's not like that in every place you stay. It's oh, okay. like, I feel like the ET energy is really, really strong. But anyway, yeah. So you come back with me to do yeah. spiritual shit. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think like for you living in California, like I could see coming out here when you need that. Yeah. But like coming all the way from Toronto, like, mm, I don't. I know. Like by I myself, that. I probably wouldn't. Yeah. But that time where you say is like so interesting because I feel like time has been going by like so slow I'm like these days are so long yeah okay. I find like the days are so long I mean yeah I feel that I don't know but it's like been good you know good in a good way not in like yeah. in a bad way but in like a there's so much time yeah 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 I think like what previously I have been up here a few times not every time, but where I'm like, it, the day is too long. Like, I'm like, I, it's like, I have this urge to like get out. And this time I, I mean, I'm like, I don't want to leave. Like, <laughs> I love it. Cause it's so chill, but I've gotten actually so much done and we've rested so much. We've done like nothing. Yeah. That's what's crazy. So yeah. I think it like, it almost like it slows down time. Like you said, that time warp yeah. where it's like you, there's so much time in the day to do a bit of work, rest. Like now, mm-hmm. I don't know. And like, yet it's only four o'clock and you're like, what? Yeah. Like, normally, time is so much faster other places. I know. And I think I just perceive it differently. Like, usually, at, like, this time, I feel like, oh, my God, my day's done. And, like, you know what I mean? But I'm like, oh, yeah, let's podcast right now. It's, like, 5 p.m. Let's just podcast. Like, I, I just feel like I have more space. Yeah. But I also, I feel like my perception of time shifts, like, depending on who's around me and, like, what's around me. Like, like mm. because I don't. It's like people know I'm gone, so people aren't, like, contacting me as much. Or there's just kind of this expectation of, like, I won't reply. And so I just feel all the energy fade away, and I feel like I can just calm down, and then time can expand. Versus, like, when I'm home, I can just kind of feel everybody's energy directing Mm -hmm. toward me, and I just feel like it it contracts. That makes sense? Yeah, because it's more demanding and pulling from you. Yeah. Yeah. So That's probably why I feel the same. You feel a lot more relaxed? I just feel like there's less demands on me and yeah. I'm just kind of like going about, you know, our days. Yeah. I, I don't know. The time I really feel like Ben's here though. Yeah. Like I think there is something special about like independent of being away from like mm-hmm. home or other demanding things. Like I, there's something about. Yeah. Cause even when I was leading my retreat, it was like, it felt like the days were like, so like I've been doing for so long with, and how is it only this time? Yeah. So I think it's like an overall energy of this, oh, totally. of this place. Yeah. It time does bend here. Like, I mean, it's vortex. It's vortex. That's what I was telling about Sedona too. It's like the same thing. I was like, how have I done so much today? And it's only noon. I'm like, it makes no sense to me, you know? But I think like what, one of the things that I've been really, <laughs> I guess like accepting is I think sometimes we live in certain places and we're trying to recreate that effect, like where we're at. And it's like, sometimes it's literally just like, you have to, you have to like go to a different mm. place. Like it's literally yeah. just, it's the land. Like, I feel like I'm just having this new appreciation for, and like deeper understanding and acceptance of like, there are like certain things that we literally just have to go to a different location mm-hmm. to activate or experience. And like, we we can spend a lot of time trying to make it happen, uh, in our current environment when it's like, you just got to go somewhere else or you yeah. just got to be around a different person. You know, and it just like 
it's different. Like Joshua Tree is different. Sedona is different. Other vortexes, you know, like it's palpable, but it's literally the land. Yeah, like it's like embedded in the land, yeah. like the, the grid or the codes, whatever. Yeah. It's like in there. Yeah, totally. So I think we all know I am obsessed with optimizing routines for productivity, efficiency. I think we all want to get more time back in our day. And I have been talking a lot about shifting my morning and sleep and all that fun stuff. But the thing is to have a really productive morning, it really does start the evening before. So I've been really looking at my evening routines. And the biggest mistake I was making was just not having enough of a ritual before I went to sleep to really set myself up for getting to bed early, getting enough rest, and then waking up feeling fully rested and energized. About 70 million Americans have chronic sleep issues and 50% of Americans deal with sleep deprivation. I am sure if you're here, You've experienced some of that too. Shout out to your spirit guides for waking you up at 3 a.m. My favorite new product to help with this is Ned's new Shut Eye Chai. It's a mellow super blend latte for sleep that combines adaptogens, aminos, functional mushrooms, and magnesium, the best ingredient out there. We all know I'm obsessed with magnesium, wrapped in a heavenly masala chai inspired spiced body. Think cinnamon, clove, ginger, all that good stuff. Not only does it set you up for amazing sleep, but ingredients like chaga, reishi, and ashwagandha are so deeply nourishing to the body. So you're getting a ton of additional benefits. All of the ingredients are so amazing for grounding. And I'm a big believer in grounding before you sleep. So you can just bring all of your energy back into your body and actually get a good night's rest. Shuddai Chai is crafted from the highest grade single origin ingredients, ethically sourced from some of the world's best small scale farms. And it's so amazing at helping to calm the nervous system, nourish your senses, and just send you peacefully off to dreamland. Shadai Chai does not contain CBD, caffeine, melatonin, or dairy. So don't worry, it won't stimulate you before sleep. So each evening I have been shutting things down a little bit earlier, making my Shadai Chai. I do two scoops, hot water, and then I top it off with some almond milk usually or coconut milk. Raw milk is really great too if you're into that. I froth it up. It's as simple as that to make. And then I like to sit down. I have a little, a specific area in my house. I like to sit down and just really set intentions and infuse the drink with my intentions before sleep. It's a great time to express gratitude. I like to put in there any questions I have to get answered while I'm sleeping through my dreams. And I like to just take those few minutes while I'm sipping the Shaddai Chai. It's been infused with my intention. It's charged and I'm just connecting with my soul and getting any messages I might need from the day. This has totally changed my sleep. I feel like I'm getting such better sleep and I don't even need as much as I used to before. Like I was just feeling like I needed like 10 to 12 hours of sleep for a really long time. And since just really optimizing my before bed routine, I've scaled that back to like eight. And getting better sleep means I can show up more fully for all of you. I can record more content, work on all my books, channel really cool stuff. And it just totally changed my creativity levels. And I just feel so much more inspired. You do not want to miss out on Shut Eye Chai. It is so good. You can discover how Shut Eye Chai can revolutionize your sleep and get 15% off with the code Christina. Just go to helloned.com slash Christina or enter code Christina at checkout. That's helloned.com, H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A to get 15% off. Sweet dreams. So what do you feel like has been activated for you this trip? Well, there's my Native American medicine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us about it. (laughs) I feel like 
there's always like a part of me that kind of knew I'm like oh like I'm very into like herbs and like making like different like Mm -hmm. tinctures like to me herbs and tinctures have very much ever since I was little like when I was little I'd make different like potions and stuff like that so I feel like I I always had like a suspicion but then I feel like more got revealed to us about like a past life being that and I feel like I'm just like communicating with the animals like as soon as I dropped here animals speak to me in a completely different way yeah like when I see a bunny, I just don't see a cute bunny. Like the bunny, I can feel the energy of the bunny and like the wisdom. Mm-hmm. Like the best word I can explain is like the wisdom of the coyote or the bunny mm-hmm. or the snake beyond just like the animal. And it's just like a remembering of the way I communicate with them. It's just like I've never communicated on that level before. So yeah. even what you were saying about that land having like activating certain things, it's definitely activating more like earthy Native American medicine woman coming back to those kind of more roots Mm -hmm. versus more like, you know, quantum up there, alien. Like for me, it's very much of a grounding coming back to, to earth, which is not something I really had a very strong connection with actually before this. Yeah, that's great. I feel like as a collective, uh, cause I've just been really like, and we've talked about this, seeing how things are changing so much for a lot of like light leaders I'll say like in these like conversations aren't everyone's feeling like nothing's working anymore. And like what I see energetically is like, we're all being called to in our own way of like what's resonant, like come back to the lower chakras. Like Mm. we've been spending a lot of time downloading all of us connecting up here. And now it's like ground in, like we have to bring it into the 3d to shift this reality. Do you know what I mean? Um, And a lot of us kind of resist that, you know, or we like, yeah. So I, I feel like, I feel like I'm doing that in my way. You for sure. Like with the land, with the animals, like I don't have connections with the animals like that. I mean, I'm like not an animal person. It's so weird. I have like trauma with the animals. <laughs> like I need to heal that shit. Maybe you can help me heal that shit. But I'm like, you have seen so many animals and I'm like, I haven't seen a single animal since I've been here. <laughs> I, but I really feel like they're coming to visit Yeah, me. they are. Like I really, like I can fully feel that. What are you getting from them? Like, have you gotten any like messages or like, are you picking up on a vibe of like what the animals here have to say? I haven't more just like the sensation and the energy of me yeah. feeling them. Yeah. Like I feel, I just feel like the portals now been opened. Mm-hmm. Maybe like I'll start to get messages. I mean, I make that joke, you know, that like trend going on Instagram, like my toxic trait is. Yeah. Like my toxic trait is definitely Googling the spiritual meaning of animals. Yeah. Their path. So I, I feel that. like as I do that now, like I'm sure that will get strengthened. And now I'm just trying to like learn more about like mm-hmm. animal totems, what they kind of mean as that bridge for me kind of gets activated and yeah. I do that. You but I can remember. You'll remember. I mean, I'm sure I'll remember. Yeah. This is just the beginning. But I completely agree about the lower chakras because honestly, it's more fun. Mm-hmm. It's more fun to like blast off to go somewhere else to visit these beings like 100%. I love doing that. Like, it's not as fun to ground down to earth. Even people, like, my clients will come to me, like, I want to blast off. And I'm just like, I remember that. Yeah. Like, you, there's an importance, like, as a, yeah. no, as below, as above, so below, yeah. right? Like, you need to ground into those if you actually want to get higher. Mm-hmm. So instead of, like, focusing on, like, always up, 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 ground down, because, like, you are also a 3D being, you are in a physical body, like, that's important for you to get the roots to go up. And I yeah. feel like I, you know, when you want something like, oh, you know, I want more spiritual growth. I want this. It's like, all right, if you want this, like I'm supposed to like connect more with the earth and connect more with the animals. And that's what's actually going to allow me to grow up. It's not necessarily always like go up, go up, go up, third eye, crown, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, it's like your, your third eye crown, like soul star will not be in balance or open if your root isn't, yeah. you know? And I remember like 
early on, one of my psychic development mentors, like, like would always tell me like, if you want to open up more and clear your channel, you need to spend more time grounding. And I was like, "Eh, I don't like that. And she was like, just do it. And so I started focusing on every day. Like I was just standing on the grass and sure enough, like the more I did it, I just blasted open. And that was really like the period of time, like when I did so much grounding and that's what I was focusing on. Just like Mm. put my feet in the earth and just sit there. And that was when my channel opened, like, like full blast. Like that is when I started trans channeling. That is when the monarch being came to me. Like, and I was like, holy shit, I'm literally just like standing on the grass. I wasn't, I wasn't like trying to connect psychically. I was just focusing on Mm. earthing. And it blasted everything open, you know? And I know, like, for me, when I'm feeling really um, off and out of alignment, I'm like, I just need to get on the earth. Like, and I feel like that's been a huge, and it connects with the medicine woman thing and, like, us grounding it in, like, like a huge message coming through for me recently is just, like, like all the tools are right here. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're so busy looking for them up here mm-hmm. that it's, like, literally the earth like she is providing for us what we need to heal. Yeah. And we're so busy overcomplicating it. And we're like genetically, I don't know why they're saying this. Like genetic, they're saying genetically stitching things. Like when you need, you don't need to do that. Like, like creating things like, like we're working with like chemicals and compounds and com- trying to create new things. When it's like, we haven't even just fully activated what's right here yeah. on the earth. Like what herbs, you know, earthing, like what wisdom do the animals hold? you know, and like, what codes are they carrying? Because like, they're carrying codes to activate us, Mm -hmm. you know, the same way, like if you walk by, like, like if someone's in your vibration, like they're in your energy field, things get activated for them. Right. Like someone's in my field, something else gets activated for them. Like animals are the same where it's like they, if an animal walks by you and you feel their field, like animals actually carry some of the most powerful codes that then turn things on for us. Yeah. And it's like, I, it's like, okay, being here in Joshua tree and the land here, but also I feel like those animals like coming to you is just like, so they could like transfer the energy to you. That's what I feel like. I feel like they're like flocking to me. It's kind of crazy. Now with like the grounding, I'm guessing you feel like there's obviously a more potent grounding, like being in somewhere like Joshua tree or Sedona, Mm -hmm. like a vortex versus like putting your feet on the ground in like the middle of a concrete jungle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause you're still like fighting all of the like positive ions from the concrete buildings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel a difference for sure. And also like what's underneath the land, what's underneath the ground, like mm. is a huge, very, very different, you know? So I'll often like kind of check what's underneath the ground. Like, um, do you mean like the subway or do you mean like underworld? I mean like underground tunnels. I mean like inner earth. I mean, mm. like, all, all of the layers of it, you know? Mm. And even just, like, um, or even, like, higher up, like, what kind of rock is there, you know? Because you can sometimes go get somewhere where there's, like, good crystal. You know what I mean? And you don't even realize, and it's, like, just a couple layers down. Um, but, yeah, there are certain areas where, and I think people are becoming more aware of this, where they feel like they're not fully grounding or, like, on the grass, but it's, like, there's, like, sketch, like, underground mm. tunnels there, you know? Um or like what's going on in the inner earth underneath you. Like you can like feel the vibration. So like I can definitely tell the difference for sure. I think all of that plays a role. 
And I'm going to start paying attention to like what might be underneath. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely pick up on a different frequency. I think that was one of the things that <laughs> one of the reasons why Tulum was so fucking hard for me. Like I could not ground. I was like, I was like, I feel surrounded in every direction by shit that I don't want to be surrounded by mm-hmm. energetically. Like, and not to say, I know there's a lot of light there too. Like, um, it was when I, it was really when I went out into the jungle for like the sound healing thing that was just amazing. And I was like, just, it was like an hour out. Um, I was like in the jungle and I was like, holy shit, I can like ground here, you know? Cause it was like totally different area. But I think that definitely affects people more than they, than they realize, you know? So, <laughs> and also realizing that we are much less grounded of beings now yeah. than we used to be. And we're only kind of getting almost less grounded yeah. as time goes on. So people are getting less grounded by the day-to-day life. And they're also not balancing that out mm-hmm. with grounding as they need to. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about grounding. This is like very nervous system. Oh, very. Let's very talk about like, like, yeah, like, like the energy of grounding or like, like what are things, if people are feeling like ungrounded. And they're like, besides earthing, what are other things like go from any angle you want, like that are going to help ground you? Honestly, my favorite is like binaural beats, like 174 mm-hmm. hertz. Because mm-hmm. that to me is like, when you put that, especially in headphones, your cells immediately can respond to that. Yeah. So even if you're living in a concrete jungle, even if you're like surrounded by whatever, mm. that's very immersive. Yeah. That's a very like powerful thing that your cells will respond to. So even if you have that on, if you start your day with that, end your day with that, you know, ground down into your body before you go to sleep. Yeah. I just think that like, honestly, that's my favorite way. That's very like easy and accessible. Yeah. Cause like, I get it. I, when I used to live in the city, what do you mean? Like go put my feet on the ground. Like it, it's concrete, it's sidewalk. Like it's not having that effect. Mm-hmm. So I needed to find something. Yeah. And like, I'm not going to lie, living in a house as opposed to living in a condo has made a very big difference in my grounding. You know. So like living up in the air, like I know it's fun, like the views are a vibe, but it's very ungrounding. Yeah. So if you are also like an ungrounded person and you're living in a condo on like the 60th floor, like or something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's a very different yeah. energy. Well, I also think, I mean, we've talked about this, like just like the energetics of the living. It's like, okay, how high are you? And also for me, like the aesthetic of the space, like mm. the aesthetic, like it's, or even, even for me, like, I mean, I hate to say this, but it's just how I feel. It's like buying versus renting. Like there's something about me like that feels like I can't ground in when I'm renting. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, and I know not everybody will feel that way, but mm-hmm. I think that's so personal of like, okay, well, what does my body need right now to feel grounded and like rooted, you know? And like for me, the aesthetic is a big thing. Like I, it's like uh, how things look or even kind of the feng shui of the space where I'm just like, I don't know what here is making me feel like I can't like just like ground in, but it's that idea of like a home. You know, like home being like grounding and like, like rooting and there are certain like, I don't know, like aesthetics or feels or whatever, where I just like, I don't feel like I can fully ground in. So question then, cause this question popped into my mind. Do you feel like people who travel a lot then are like very ungrounded beings? Like if they're moving places like every month, like yeah. m- nomadic or more like, mm-hmm. how do you feel? I, I think it depends on the person. Mm. Like, because like. I, I mean, you look at like, right, like basic, like root chakra, like traveling will throw off your root chakra, but not for everyone. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it depends on like that person's coding. For some people, like the nomadic energy or a lot of travel is actually really grounding for them. Like, okay. because they, that's just like their body feels good when it's like 
with change and, and being ex- like, it's like an expansive energy. So it's interesting. Cause like sometimes I'll have clients come in who I'm like, I'm like, your root chakra has got to be off for sure because they're like traveling every week and you know, and it looks good, oh, you know, and they like are thriving. They feel great. So I really just think it depends on the person and also, you know, what they're doing and how they're living in all of that travel. Like, mm-hmm. because there are some people that are traveling a lot, moving a lot who are like staying really busy and there's other things throwing it off, but there are other people that like, move around a lot but they're really like grounded and calm and centered within that but i just like i don't know if they're dropping in questions but i got another great question like as you were saying that right because i think people avoid grounding because you ground into your body and Mm -hmm. then i think when you get back in like people want to go out to connect because they want to avoid grounding and being in and in their body a hundred percent I mean, that was like me yesterday. (laughs) That was me yesterday. It was like so traumatic. I was like, I'm so in my body that I was like, I'm crying, you know? Like, I I think that I was thinking about this. It's like, I don't know. Like this whole, is there, is that like a level of protection for us of like, like, I know for me, I'm like, I keep myself not fully in to kind of like protect myself from all the stimulation if I'm fully in. That makes sense. Like, yeah, it's kind of, it's similar to like, you know, with chronic health issues, how you'll like not kind of like not be in your body mm-hmm. just so you don't feel it or, yeah. or deal with it. But like, I think there maybe can be a pot, like a kind of a helpful manifestation of it at, yeah. to some extent, you know, I don't know, but I, I wanted to talk about, um, well, I mean, do you have anything else you want to say about grounding? Any other hot tips? I mean, it's not really a hot tip. It's just like a, I know it's going to be uncomfortable going into your body, but like you can't possibly expect to feel grounded and regulating your nervous system if you're avoiding dropping in. And then how do people drop in? Give me an example. Give them an example. You know what I mean? Like, what does that look like or feel like? Like, what do you mean by Actually, that? like, the number one example when I give people is, like, can you sit with yourself and do nothing for mm-hmm. 10 minutes? Okay. Not on your phone, not listening to anything, no music, no podcast, no TV, no Instagram. And people are like, oh, my God. I'm like, if you can't sit and just be with yourself, yeah. you're probably pretty out of body. Yeah, and most people can't. They're, or they think they can. I think they can, but I'm like, no, but without your phone, yeah, without music, without moving, too. <laughs> just be. Yeah. Okay. That's a good example. If somebody feels like they can't do that, start doing it. Just, just try and force it. Like, start with five saying? minutes. Yeah. You yeah. got to start putting yourself back in your body. Yeah. I know. Mm. There you go. There you go, folks. Well, okay, with that, I really wanted to talk about this today because I feel like this is such an interesting conversation. Like, I want to talk about this, like, birth trauma piece mm, because we, ta- we talked about this yesterday yeah. and we both have, like, kind of, like, different experiences with that. But I think, like, for both of us, it kind of – it's kept it kept us, like, disconnected from our bodies in a way. Like, like I can't fully drop it. You know, like, for me, it was like I'm – I didn't go through the portal. So I was telling Liv, like, a huge piece of my healing that was a game changer was when I realized that, like, because I was a C-section baby, like, not going through that 
full birth portal, like the vaginal canal. Like I was like my, I was like taken out too soon is how it felt. You know, I didn't like go through that portal experience. And so it felt like I just got like plopped somewhere similar to how, like I've talked about recently on the podcast, like the importance of ceremony and ritual uh, ritual to like move you from one space to the next, because when you try and just kind of jump into the next energy, it can feel almost like inauthentic or like, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. And so I find for me personally, having a ritual ceremony, whatever, to like guide me into my next phase, it just like helps me feel like that's a natural transition and I can actually step into it, you know? Um, and when I realized that about like just my birth, I realized why I, on a soul level, like I just couldn't, I wouldn't, I couldn't fully ground it into my body. Cause I was like, it's, it was too soon. Like I wasn't supposed to, I'm not supposed to be here yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I just got plucked out, like plucked out. And I was like, wait, not ready. And that was a huge thing for me with like, we're talking about ground air getting in your body. Like until I did a lot of healing work around that, uh, like that, that birth trauma, essentially I, I couldn't heal my body at all. Mm-hmm. So, and then I know you had your experience. Uh, can you share about that? Mm-hmm. So I was induced and I, this year did a lot of healing. Like I always knew I was induced mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, not much. And I don't know what it, was that clicked then I was like oh my god I was induced like I was forced out before I was ready mm-hmm. and I was in like a healing session and like my mentor had taken me down all the way and like that's where it was like a light bulb of like oh I was forced before I was ready and so when you think about nervous system dysregulation like you're in this cozy womb space and all of a sudden you're not ready because you didn't send the signal that like hey I want to come through now you're getting forced out contractions are like confining the space around you and you're being pushed out into the world before you're ready. Yeah. And like so many people are induced or have C-sections and the the rate is only increasing now. So no wonder, you know, so many of our nervous systems have been dysregulated Mm -hmm. coming into it. And I actually distinctly remember being like, I'm not ready. I remember being on the other side and not wanting to come through and being like, I was actually busy on the other side doing something. And it was like, I was ripped out and it's almost like flying through like a tunnel mm. of like what the athlete, I'm not supposed to be here. Like yeah. where this, no, no. And it was like at this deep, I was like bawling my eyes out this deep sadness of like, I hadn't finished what I was doing there, but it felt like more important. Not like a, Oh, I hadn't finished like, you know, coloring a book. Like it was like a, to me it was similar to almost feel like a dying. Mm. Because it's like you're dying going somewhere else. It's like if you felt like you weren't ready to leave Earth yet and you died to go back to the other side, coming this way kind of felt the same way to me. Yeah. I mean, I can relate. I mean, I was like (laughs) – I was telling you how – I was like in the last year me realizing why it took my mom so long to have me. Like my mom tried for like five years and Mm. she was supposed to be my mom. Like it was like my soul. And like I was – I didn't want to come in. Like I knew I, I needed to come in and I would get close and I'm like, no, I can't. Like I had so much resistance. Like I did not want to be here. Um, and it was like this weird pull between like, I knew I had to, but like, I didn't want to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all of that is so relevant to how we show up now. I think yeah. what was really interesting, like what, especially when you said you were like, I, like you were supposed to have a different birthday, mm-hmm. which changes your whole personality yeah you know what I mean it changes everything it changes like soul mission like like it's like it was gonna be 
you know, days later, like that's crazy. And then how, when you're like, why do I feel like this body doesn't match me? Because it's like, okay, well, because the body that was going to come through five days later, it's going to be different, completely different, you know? And like, I mean, this is a nuanced conversation for sure. Like, because I want to be clear for people listening. I, I I mean, I, I believe that, you know, souls pick dates, times specifically like for astrological reasons. And I think when birth situations are adjusted for like medical reasons, I believe that's like divine timing yeah. to like get the soul out. Like that's like the soul does want to get out earlier or later. Like when there's something that's happening, mm-hmm. you know, versus us just like picking things. Yeah. You know, but it's interesting because I guess I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, my mom picked my birthday. She picked my birthday, but like, I guess she picked, I mean, she picked right, you know, it was, you know what I mean? No, like you feel like she picked the right day. Yeah. I feel like my mom did not pick the right day. Yeah, I know. Well, so I, it's like, it's interesting how it's like nuanced like that. Like maybe, or maybe my soul, it like literally could have been either. Cause she got to pick between the 6th and the 7th of April. And, Mm. and she was like, but I also think my, I also, I feel my mom is very intuitive. Like, I don't know if she would say that, but like, she is very intuitive. Like even how she picked my name, like, and so I guess as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, cause I asked her, I was like, how did you pick? She's like, I don't know. I just like. It's just like new, you know? So maybe that was me being like, Hey, this was the right day and time. Yeah. You know, it, like maybe didn't make a difference for you versus yeah. like my soul felt like, yeah, no, a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. I would actually be curious now, like what I told you about, like looking up, going deeper into your charts on the yeah. other day. Like, I need to. Yeah. I remember that I did when it, when I first kind of like found out and like the, n- the numbers of like who I was in human design mm-hmm. and the fact that I was be a generator it always makes sense because whenever people meet me and they learn I'm a projector, they're like, you're a projector. Yeah. They're like the, the amount of like content you do this, like, how are you not a generator? How are you not a generator? And that always like now when that clicked, I was like, yeah, because people perceive like I have that energy Mm -hmm. somewhat in my soul of wanting that. Yeah. But also like, not all projectors are the same. You know, they're like when you look at centers and stuff, like there are projectors that like, can run much more like a generator and generators who, I mean, I know somebody who's a generator who has the, their only defined center is her sacral. Mm. And like, so she lives more like a reflector, you know, like a projector reflect. Like, so I think there is a lot of variation there, but I get what you're saying. Like, and I, you know, I mean, when you look at it with transits, we all have like all of it. I mean, I guess I'm like, I've always felt like I should be an MG. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like I got to have 500 things going at the same time. Otherwise, I'm going to go crazy. I'm not like a one. (laughs) So, I don't know. I would be curious to actually for me to look up the seventh instead of the sixth. I'm just saying, you know. But, like, the point being, I think this is, like, a really important topic um, that a lot of people don't look at. And I think it can piece – it can, like – help people make a lot of sense around like how they feel in their bodies Mm -hmm. or about their lives. Like Mm -hmm. when you go back to like, what were the conditions of when I was born? Yeah. Like, like what actually happened, you know? And, and, and even like what else was going on in my parents' lives at the time? Like Mm -hmm. all of that, how you absorb that. Like, cause you feel things when Mm -hmm. you're in womb, especially like 
second and third trimester. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, in school, actually, like, like naturopathic school, you ask people what their birth was like. Most people, unfortunately, don't know. So yeah. I would actually encourage people to like just ask your mom, like, what was the birth like? Was I induced? Mm-hmm. Was it a C-section? Was it stress going on? Like, how were things? And just gain an understanding, if you can, yeah, of what was going on what you potentially absorbed or how you came into the world yeah and especially when people struggle with things since they were young or since they were little like as you come into the body if things like happen if you're a colicky kid or whatever like there's so many clues there that I think we don't look at Mm -hmm. that hold a lot of the answers oh yeah I think the birth has so many answers and even in like I mean as simple as like I mean how long was labor yeah like as simple as that I mean you know what I mean like if it's take I mean I think my sister was in labor for like 26 hours or something you know and I'm like that's a long time to be like trying to like that's a lot like for her of course Mm -hmm. and this kid right like what's going on like um so I think all of that is super important and helpful for us to look at so I've been talking a lot about how I have massively cut down on caffeine and it's helped me just feel a lot better. And I want to give a shout out to some of the products that have helped make that transition super easy, including Organifi Pure. I know I talk about green juice all the time and it's a daily staple for me, always will be, I'm obsessed, but Organifi Pure, I feel like doesn't get enough love. It's a clinically proven cognitive enhancement lemonade designed for increasing your mental focus instantly. You just mix it with water and you're good to go. It's all natural, 100% USDA certified organic. It contains 11 superfoods and compounds for brain health and mental performance. And I seriously immediately notice a difference. I love that it gives me that mental clarity without any of the jitters or other effects from caffeine. Organifi Pure contains ingredients like lion's mane mushroom, which we know is incredible for helping to increase neurogenesis in the brain. Neurogenesis is the creation of new brain cells. I have talked about lion's mane a lot when it comes to improving cognitive function and focus and memory. Pure also contains neurofactor, a compound isolated from organic coffee berries. Clinical research shows that it increases BDNF up to 206 BDNF is brain-derived neurotrophic factor, a protein in the brain that's responsible for increasing memory, learning, and the survival of brain cells. But here's the thing. It just tastes really good. Like if you like the taste of lemonade, it tastes like a tart lemonade that's not overly sugary. It tastes so good. I love to have it in the morning. I just immediately get this mental clarity. I feel sharp. I feel on point. If you ever watch me on YouTube and I seem extra spicy, I probably had pure before I jumped on camera. So pure has been top of my list and I'm going to give another shout out to Organifi. Harmony, pure is the cold drink. Harmony is the warm drink. I have this every single day. It's this amazing cacao blend. It just tastes like hot chocolate. I literally just mix it with hot water and it's designed to help balance and support your hormones. If you've been dealing with any PMS symptoms or any other signs of hormonal imbalance, check this out. Or if you're just a chocolate addict like me, because Let's be honest, I would drink this even if it didn't have healthy ingredients. But Harmony has ingredients like maca, cacao, obviously, chase tree berry, shatavari, stinging nettle, like everything in my acupuncturist wanted me to take separately. So I love that I can have it really conveniently all in this beverage that I would want to drink anyway. And I want to highlight this because I've been talking to a lot of people in my community who have been expressing that their periods have been really bizarre in the last year or so. There's a lot shifting vibrationally and with the planets and you know the whole other conversation but 
periods being off and weird and weird PMS symptoms, even when you're doing everything quote right, has been just really common. And drinking Harmony consistently for me has really just helped to regulate my body. And I feel so much better when I do. Plus it tastes amazing. So if you want to get your hands on Harmony, Pure, or any of Organifi's other incredible products, because Organifi makes up 90% of what I put into my body, just head to Organifi.com slash CTC. That's spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash CTC. And that code will get you 20% off. I want to ask you about, like, you have had a crazy year. Mm-hmm. You have had a, cra- are you okay with talking about this? Yeah, yeah. Like, you have had a crazy year with pregnancies. So mm-hmm. can you share, like, kind of what happened? Yeah. Well, I actually haven't shared about the second one. So this will be the first time I'm sharing about the second one, which is fine. Um, so after we got engaged, me and my fiance, we found me like three days later. It was like June 1st. I remember we'd come back from Banff and I was like, oh, maybe I'm just late because, you know, we were traveling. Then I'm going to throw it for a cycle. I was like, oh, I'm never like 40 something days. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Let us just test. And I remember being in such shock. Like I was shaking. I was like, oh my God, there is life inside me this was not planned I mean beautiful accent but not planned um and so even just adjusting to the kind of like the shock of that when you're not kind of planning it was a transition and anyone who's maybe I think even if you are planning when it actually happens it's just like a whole different feeling to have like life growing inside of you for sure and then let's just fast forward through like a, a little bit nauseous of a first trimester like there was nothing really remarkable there in terms of that um but we went through some testing and I'm the kind of person like I'd rather have all like the tests done to make sure everything is okay you know as a preventative not like from like oh you're manifesting something bad but like my intuition kind of told me like just make sure you get all like the testing to make sure like the fetus is okay and it was so interesting because we were supposed to get the results back before we got went to Europe to visit my sister. And it was like this weird thing where like they give you a code to like put it into the computer to see like the results. And I'm like, I can read results, right? So I'm always like to look at my own just to see because by the time the doctor calls you back, et cetera. Anyway, so we we're supposed to get the results, but like the code was like not working. And I was like, why is this not working? Like, it's the exact right code. Like, I've typed it in five times. I'm like, whatever, we have to leave. Mm-hmm. And so we left, and I think it was divine timing because I think if we would have found out that something was wrong before the trip, and I was like, oh, this is a bad sign. I'm like, yeah. all right, maybe it's for the best. Like, everything's okay. And looking back, I feel like I, I already knew, and I think I was getting intuitive messages that something wasn't quite right because I would see future and we want to see timelines or visions. And I wasn't pregnant and I didn't have a kid. And I was like, that's interesting. But I was like, huh, who knows? Kind of let it go. Anyway, long story short, we come back from the trip and, you know, I wanted the results. They weren't showing up online. So I had to go back to the doctor. I was like, I just made an appointment that day, walked in. Um, and unfortunately, without getting into like too much of the detail, detail, essentially the baby based on the genetics, w- wasn't going to actually make it. Mm. So the the way the genes combined in the DNA was going to make it so, like, they couldn't live outside of the womb. Mm. So there was a lot of 
risks like for me to like carry a child that wasn't going to make it to term anyways mm-hmm. and to like kind of hold that in and it's a very I remember like breaking down I remember shaking in the doctor's office and I was like trying to remain calm I was like keeping my nervous system especially because the doctor to be honest didn't I think this may have been the first time he ever told someone these results because he kind of blew past that and was like okay, like, so, like, you're not anemic, you're not, blah, 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 and I'm, like, you just sidestep over this, it wasn't very much of a sit down, like, definitely no kind of bedside manner, Mm. and kind of just said it, and at the time, my fiance was in the room, he didn't fully understand the results kind of the way I did, and as soon as we walked over, like, out of the doctor's office, I just started bawling, like, I literally collapsed in his arms, because it was, like, the worst fear of what could happen mm-hmm. and as we get into the second kind of pregnancy after to me it was a to know that it's not going to like make it and to have it inside you is it to me is a very different energy than losing it on its own and I can touch on like the differences now that there's been like two different quote-unquote losses and then he was like oh, no it's gonna be fine Lolly, like it'll be okay I'm like no no like, you don't understand like there is a 99.9% chance like, that it's not going to make it. And there's a test that you can do, um, like an amniocentesis, which like put a needle into your belly to make it 100%. I'm like, it's 99.9%. Like, I'm a all for faith, hope, belief, like manifesting, but like that's 99.9%. Yeah. And then when he fully realized, like I had never seen him break down the way, like within seconds later, like we were in the car, I'm like, no, you don't understand. He broke and it was just, like, to have him break when he's normally the rock and, like, I'm breaking and, like, I'm holding him when he breaks. And then, like, a second later, it was just. Yeah. It was one of probably the most shattering moments of my life, probably. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah. So uh, what do you do from there? So, unfortunately, and this is kind of what made it more torturous at least in Canada medical care like everything takes a long time so it was a very odd like knowing that the baby was essentially non-viable and like in me and I was still pregnant and going through that I ended up being pregnant for like a full month after we found out which like that is a long time to be pregnant to be like visually seeing your belly kind of dealing with all that and knowing yeah. Like the baby's not yeah. really there. Yeah. Um, so like by the time we had to like get further testing, cause in order for them to like remove the baby, they have to have like the hundred percent test done versus the 99.9. So like they refer you to a specialist and it takes them like a week to call you to just explain the results. I'm like, I understand the results. Like when can you get me in for the next thing? Like I wanted it kind of done. Yeah. And I felt like it was such a big lesson in surrender and patience and like learning to hold all of that. And at this point, we had already like told friends and family because this was at four months. So people already knew. Uh, I had already announced it on Instagram. Like the world knew. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, oh, I'd already announced this and now we're going to like go back and have this happen. And so then we finally got in for the test. Obviously, the test showed 100% what we already knew. And then that took time afterwards before I could get in for, like, to be induced. 
I will say the, the waiting was 100% like the worst part. The waiting was just like, because it's hard to move on. Yeah. How can I start healing? How can I start going through this if like I'm, I'm still pregnant, the babies are there, there's all this stuff I can't do. And it's like, it's a very interesting, weird like time to be in. Like I said, it was a month long between like that day and the day I was like, I had to like give birth and was even more frustrating is because it took so long, I had to be induced. So I actually had to give birth to this small fetus, the small baby. And so we went to the hospital that day. Like they end up calling you, like scheduling you for the induction. And then you go through like this, what? We got there like maybe 8 a.m. We left at like midnight. So, I mean, it doesn't sound that long, but like, they start well, that's a long time. They start inducing yeah. you. So like you actually go through labor. Yeah. And so what I felt like people did not explain to me because I was like, oh, like in induction, like it'll just pass. And I thought it was going to be fine. They didn't explain to me until I was in the middle of agony Yeah. that, oh, just because it's smaller doesn't make the induction less painful. Oh, my God. Just because the baby is slightly smaller because you are going against your body's nature, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the body is not right now triggering birth, so it's not trying to move the baby. They're inserting, like, things into you to make you give birth. And so, like, it's this war of your body of, like, the body doesn't want to let go of the baby. The medical thing is trying to make you let go. I remember, like, I think I was blacking out for a lot of the hours once the labor started, maybe around 4, 4 p.m., 4 or 5 p.m. And I remember, like, screaming in agony because no one had told me that it was going to be so painful. Yeah. Jeez. And, like, my fiancé is there by my – he's trying to make it help. I'm like, like, there's nothing you can do. And I'm just, like, literally writhing in pain, screaming. God. I mean, like yeah, with contractions and of course like it's not fast right because it's all fake yeah it's all like induced it was very interesting how i had to be induced after like i was also induced into this world yeah. i feel like there's something definitely there in the fact that i had to go through that after yeah. like that's a whole separate thing um like the people at the hospital were very kind it did seem like they had gone through this situation before with other women and they did say a lot of people don't talk about, you know, this. And I'm glad there's like lots of talk about miscarriage, but there isn't a lot of talk about people who are like after three months along, like four or five, or, like five yeah. months who need to be induced. And yeah. so because I had to be induced because like they, I was off by the cutoff by like two days, which means we had to have a death certificate, which means we had to have a burial, which means she had to be cremated, which means she had to be, we had to like take her body home. Oh my God. Like we had to sign it, like go to the funeral home, sign a death certificate. Like it had to be this whole thing Yeah. by two days. And I'm just like, I really wish like the medical system would have been faster because that's a lot of, that's a torturous thing. Yeah. Jeez. And like, I didn't, I didn't look. I know my fiance like mm-hmm. looked at, what came out mm-hmm. I was just like that's that's not something I need to do yeah I just feel like that was not gonna be healing for my journey I know some yeah. women would want to heal yeah. you know by holding the small baby essentially and I was just like that's that's not but I, I feel I distinctly remember like when my water burst and like 
the water burst and like popped and like my legs were soaked. I had still wearing socks. She's like, some people like to wear socks because it makes them feel more at home. And I actually like it. I remember my socks were soaked. And so like I took off the socks and I threw it out. And like sometimes I forget that like I gave birth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you were so like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you didn't say much to me about it. Really? Like, you were just like, I mean, you said that. You're like, I had to give birth, essentially. You know, I was like, oh my, like, God. Like, I mean, the whole, like, going through the whole death piece, it's like, Mm -hmm. have you tuned into or thought about, like, I mean, you're barely off, you know, like a couple days. It's like, what do you feel like, like, why, why (laughs) was that the timing? Have you thought about that at all? I mean, not so much as, like, why the timing of two days. I think the overall experience, and this is something I mentioned, like, on the podcast episode I did on mine about my loss, and I know this is going to be hard for a lot of people to wrap their heads around, but as much as that was the, one of the most, like, deeply, like, painful, hardest experiences of my life, at the same time, I have never felt so much love and bliss and ecstasy Mm. and that is like I think until you are holding both ends of the duality so strongly Mm -hmm. I've only ever heard like one other uh, person I know who's gone through like a loss of a child who's explained it like the way I have and it's it's so true it's like it expanded me and my heart in ways I Mm -hmm. never thought possible like you mean the whole experience yeah and, yeah. like, I am so grateful that it happened. Yeah. Like, as much as it was the hardest, it is also by far one of the best things that yeah. has ever happened to me. Yeah. For my soul, for my growth, for my expansion, for my ability to hold things, for, like, you know, the whole as above, so below. I think the only reason I could feel those levels of, like, love, bliss, and ecstasy is because of that. Yeah. And I'm sure you've maybe felt the same yeah. when you were, like, struggling with your chronic health. Like, there's your, – your spectrum gets bigger. Your yeah. ability to feel – gets bigger yeah and so it was interesting because after you know I shared about on my Instagram people were apologizing I'm so sorry and it's just like I'm actually not sorry yeah yeah it's wild I think it's it's all perfect like it was all so much learning so much growth I would go through it all over again 100% yeah damn and then of course like yeah just after giving birth the fact that like my breast milk was coming in and I had to like navigate taking all the herbs and all of that. And it was just like, damn, like, yeah, people don't talk about like that. Right. When you don't have a baby and like your breast milk comes in, you have to like, you can't pump it out Mm -hmm. because then it will tell your boobs to make more breast milk. So So it's just, I just drank a shit ton of like sage tea, which Uh sage tea will kind of rebalance your hormones and take it on. Like I was drinking, two solid liters of sage and it worked within a couple days but it's just all these little nuances that people don't talk about because there aren't many women who actually have to or at least it's not talked about how when you're far enough along your body will kick in like you've actually given birth like making milk and all that stuff so like what helped you heal from all that like physically mentally emotionally energetically like like what helped you the most the most emotionally and mentally was the fact that I didn't let it contract me. All those, even through the waiting, I was like, can I actually open up to this? 
instead of making it hard, like, and I'm not denying there are hard moments, but like, can you actually allow it to open you? Cause can you're like, you're like, I'm in it already. In it. So what am I going to do? Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, when people have heavy things or you let them crumble, like it's about letting crumble, but rem- remaining open to the crumble versus trying to resist it. I didn't resist the crumbling. Yeah. And I, and not from like a spiritual bypassing of like everything happens for a reason. Like, yes, but like truly finding that within yourself of like, can you go into like understanding that nothing is ever bad, wrong or not as it should be. That is definitely for a reason that like she wasn't ready to come. There were things, you know, maybe I had to clean up or get aligned or fix her like, but not from a, oh yeah, like silver lining, but like deeply sitting with that. And I think also talking to her, like in actually building a relationship with her on the other side, like she had messages for me. I talked back to her. And I think that was also very healing because I still, like I understood it. Mm-hmm. What was she saying? She would just say like, you know, mommy, it wasn't really like time yet. Like there's nothing you could have done or done wrong. And just kind of more like encouraging messages about mm-hmm. Like, how do I explain? That she was okay. Mm -hmm. And essentially that, like, I had done nothing wrong in terms of the fact that she wasn't going to make it. Because I could have, like, technically kept had the fetus growing, even though it wasn't, like, technically for no point. That that was okay. Mm -hmm. And that, like, she would be back. And, like, I, it was also a lot of, like, me talking to her and, like, telling her how much I loved her. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your relationship with her, like, got stronger through that? Or, like, d- did you feel that, that strength of connection, like, even before it happened? Like, how, how did I your relationship with her, like, this, the soul, the spirit... I think it got stronger. I think intuitively, and I, I don't know if we talked, maybe, I think last time when I was here a year ago, I was saying I was having a little bit of trouble feeling her. Yeah, yeah we talked about that. And then when this all happened, I was like, oh, I think I was having, it was weird. I didn't have trouble connecting with her on the other side. Yeah. But I had trouble connecting with her in my body. And then when that happened, I was like, oh, like intuitive, there must have been something where like that was why it was difficult to connect. Yeah in my body version with her, it definitely got stronger even on the other side afterwards. Mm -hmm. It definitely made us stronger. Like I can feel, I can feel her energy when she's like with me. Sometimes I'm on a walk or I'm here and like, I can feel her enter. I can feel her Mm -hmm. in my energy more. Mm -hmm. 100%. Before you got, before you found out you got pregnant, like had you connected with her already before or like, did you start connecting with her once you found out you're pregnant? More when I found out, I had felt in February that, it, like, a kid was coming soon. Okay. In February, I just felt like, even though I wasn't, like, trying, it, like, entered my field. Like, I could feel yeah. her in my field. But I also, like, at that point, not that I didn't want to, but I wasn't focused on kids. I was like, okay, cool, she's there. She's probably coming soon. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, a point of focus of my intention. Yeah, I mean, to, like, deliberately. Mean? Yeah. Okay. Damn. Okay. So connecting with her, 
Um, anything else tool wise that you feel like was really big for you, just like in your healing? I think when you go through it, if someone's listening who went through it, giving your actual body, like the, it sounds basic, but the tender loving care of like, you did kind of go through, like your hormones are all over the place. So the next day I wasn't, yes, I was doing things like the tea or whatever to rebalance my hormones, but also the hormones are all over the place. So instead of like just resisting, like there were times where I would just walk into my fiance's office and I'm like, it's the hormones and I'm just crying. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know why. It's just like, I know it's the hormones and just like giving it actual, the patience. Because I think there, there is a, such a factor of just, like, time and, like, TLC yeah. and just, like, rest and, like, you know, you're going through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we talked about – it's, like, it's such a huge – we talked about this, like, just this whole other topic about, like, how that experience is just not honored mm -hmm. the way that it should – like, that I'm just, like, that's an entire huge fucking portal. It's not just the nine months, you know. It's beyond that, and it's, like – this intense sacred like women need space like you know what I mean and I think more support yeah. needs to be given oh I mean I think God, back yeah. in the day when p women give birth it was a whole tribal thing yeah like the whole community would help out and unfortunately like you know most women they make a turn, they come home with their baby maybe their husband gets like a week mm -hmm. or two off hopefully they have a little bit of help but like they just went through so much I think so much more care love and support like that we can give moms postpartum as they're healing because it, it's it's major. Yeah, totally. It's major. Uh, okay, so you go through this, and then, <laughs> and then what? <laughs> okay, so this was September 20th was, like, the day I gave birth. And I was like, all right. It, I mean, it takes time for you to balance your hormones and even to get your cycle back, right? Because yeah. after you give birth, I think it took, like, six or eight weeks to get your cycle back. And I was like, well you know, it's not the right time yet. Like, there's no way this is going to happen again. And also just getting to know your body again, once you even get your cycle back in terms of like tracking your ovulation and everything, you have to like relearn your body because it's not like fully automized or mm -hmm. like, you know, regular yeah. to the day as much as you probably knew your body before getting pregnant. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I thought we were on top of things. I was tracking what I thought my ovulation day was. Yeah. And I literally did not think in any world that they wouldn't make me get pregnant again anytime yeah. soon. Like yeah. I, I was probably a bit naive, but like, honestly, like both times it was like the one time I was off again. Yeah. I mean, you're fertile. You're fertile. No, no trouble getting pregnant. Yeah, you're freaking fertile. <laughs> Which I get, like, I know is good because, like, yeah. I know a lot of people struggle with that. But I think I was in denial because after that, I was like, all right. So we're we had gotten engaged. I was like, okay, we're pregnant. I'm not going to plan a wedding. So then we're like, all right, not pregnant. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll start planning the wedding now. Like, this is the time. I'm not going to be pregnant. That way we can get that done because I didn't want to be a pregnant bride. So I try to start planning the wedding. And nothing was working out. And I was like, why is this so hard? I couldn't find a wedding planner. I couldn't find the venue I wanted. Like, it was taking weeks for people to get back to me. And I know that's, like, also a Europe thing. Like, they just take a long time to get back to you in general. But mm -hmm. I was like, why is this not working? Yeah. Like, why is there so much resistance? And actually, the day I was going to put a deposit down was the day we then found out I was pregnant again. 
And again, I was, I was late and I was like, should I just take one? Like, I don't know. I was like, I guess there could be a small, but we're not trying. Like, I, like I said, must have been off by like one day. Cause I'm normally like very mm-hmm. diligent and like, I would have had to have ovulated late. I would have mm-hmm. had to ovulate somewhere on like day 22, mm-hmm. which just would have been weird, but whatever that happened. So I was like, holy shit. I'm like, okay, well I guess we're not planning a wedding now. Good thing I didn't like put a multi five figure deposit down. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. So they want to come back. And I feel like I was very open that time. I was like, okay, it didn't work out. They're coming back super quick. We're good. But the part of me is also like, okay, like I want to keep it a little bit more hush hush. Mm-hmm. Just because the last time I'm like, you know, I feel like it was also more awkward for everyone else when I had to tell them because like everyone else's response than me actually having to say it, you know? Well, that's their problem. Yeah. But like, I was just like, I don't yeah, want to have get, to do it again. Yeah. It's, yeah, I totally get that. So... We'd found out going through the new, we're okay, a little nauseous. I can see how the nausea is getting, you know, how it was in the, the first trimester a bit. But, like, it was a little bit more than normal. And I was like, all right, whatever. How did I – how did this come about? Oh, so that I think around two and a half months, two, two and a half. I'm gonna, I'll say this and I'll sidetrack. I'll, I'll go backwards because I had intuitive nudges, of course. I started bleeding, and I was like, uh-oh, because that's like obviously one of the first signs of miscarriage. But then I know that it can be normal. You can have some sort of a little bit of bleeding. So I think it was, I want to say it was Saturday, like a Friday or Saturday, a tiny bit, like way less than like a period cycle. And I was like, okay, like sometimes that's normal. And at the time, like, one of my, like, my fiance's sister has also been pregnant, and she had had the same thing. So his mom was like, you know what, like, she had the same thing. I'm sure it's fine. And then I didn't, the bleeding stopped. I was like, oh, okay. It was like one time, probably nothing. And then I think it was Monday, yeah, it was that Monday where the bleeding come back, and it did not stop. Mm. And I was like, okay, I know what's happening. And I'm just going to be honest. I know everyone has different experiences. It didn't really bother me. Mm. I, I feel like that first experience just taught me so much trust in like, okay, like not the time. It was more of like a, what do I medically like kind of need to do? So like for me, it wasn't the actual notion of what was happening. It was the, and we'll, I'll keep going further. It was like the, the reasoning behind it and like the surgery I needed, et cetera. So we ended up, going to like the the doctor he was like I don't know it could be it could not so he sent me for emergency ultrasound unfortunately the ultrasound people they can't tell you she's like we have to send this back it's nothing definitive and I'm like again the waiting game because I just want to know so I can like deal with it appropriately because what I would do if I think I was having miscarriage is different than like if I'm pregnant yeah because I I know enough things to know how to like interventions to kind of start doing, to start healing my body, like Mm -hmm. whether it's allowing tissues to pass, et cetera. So I kind of just wanted, again, to start the healing process going. And the next day the doctor had basically called me and was like, you need to go to the emergency room. You have what is called a molar pregnancy, which again, 
very rare. Most people, when I say it was a molar pregnancy, they're like, I've never even heard of that. I'm like, because it's very rare. In both instances, I think it's interesting that I've had very rare pregnancy complications. Yeah. First one is like one in 10,000. This is like, I I think, honestly, one in, I think, three or 4,000. Like, they're very rare things. So it's not like a typical miscarriage. Essentially what it is is that abnormal cells develop in your uterus and kind of like mimic a pregnancy and start releasing the pregnancy hormone, which makes your body think that you're pregnant, but there's no actual fetus growing. So there was no actual body. It was just an abnormal cells. And unfortunately, if this is not caught, this can lead to uterine cancer. Oh, my God. So we go to the emergency room, and I spent, I think we went there at like 2 p.m. I didn't get out of there until 4.30 a.m. Because it was just such a long, tedious process. So essentially, with a molar pregnancy, they need to remove those cells. So again, they don't become cancerous. I know there's controversy with people, like, getting ultrasounds when you're pregnant. The thing is, I could have not started bleeding earlier. I could have started bleeding later or, like, possibly not at all. And those cells could have kept growing until I was, like, five months or six months pregnant. And I know some women, like, opt for no ultrasound. I'm actually kind of, like you know, glad in this case, because like, unfortunately there are times like, yes, it's rare, but like, if you didn't find that and those cells kept growing, they could be like a lot more life threatening. So then like the next day I got booked in for what is called like a DNC. And I think just having surgery, I'd never had surgery before. To me, that was like one of the next scariest things of my life. I find anesthesia very much like maybe this is in my view, agreeing to die. This is how I saw it because wow. it's a deep surrender of what if you don't come back? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's how I felt yeah. it was. And maybe people don't like if you've had surgery, you don't agree. To me, it was very much like you don't know yeah. if you're like, yeah. uh, you, you could not come back. I mean, there yeah. are instances where you don't. Um, so I had to have those like cells removed surgically and then recover again. From balancing my hormones. Is Do they, like, cut you open for that? Or is, can they go in... Like, do they cut you open? No, they go in through, okay. like, your vaginal canal. Okay. And then, like, now I need to be monitored. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to go for blood work every week. Up until, like, your HCG levels kind of go down to a yeah. regular amount. So that they know that the cells aren't continuing to grow. Mm-hmm. So, you like, obviously you don't get cancer. And then from there... You, I have to go now, like, every month. And, like, you absolutely cannot get pregnant for, like, a minimum six months because they don't know if that's a fetus or if that's your those abnormal cells coming back. Yeah. And just for, like, risks and stuff. You don't want to do it. But it's just, like, it was a whirlwind. Engaged. All right. Pregnant. Not pregnant. Plan the wedding. All right. Pregnant again. I guess not planning the wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Not pregnant. And it's just, like, can I? Hmm? Yeah. It's just, like, a roller coaster of chaos yeah it's chaos total surrender it's like and all the like waiting and like it's just like being forced to just it's like it's the crumble that you're talking about it's like you're just like you just have to like sit in it crumbling you know what i mean because it's like so frustrating when there's something going on with your body and then like you know you're not getting the like you're not getting the answers quickly enough from the doctors and then it's Mm -hmm. like once you get an answer it's like okay, well, what are we going to do about this? And, like, you've got to wait, and it's, like, this whole fucking system, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, 
Oh my god. I mean, I'm I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Um I am curious like how it felt energetically for you different between those two. I feel like I just wasn't I wasn't as upset about the second one. Mm. Like to be completely honest, I didn't I didn't cry at all mm-hmm. about the second one. It was like such a it's honestly like a full surrender and trust yeah. and understanding. And I'm not saying that you can't do that and be hard, but like compared to the first time, like the second one was like almost like a walk in the park. It was more of like the surgery and like my nerves of having surgery than yeah. it was about like the loss. And I think also the fact that there was no fetus. Yeah. That was like, it was a different, it is different energetically. Yeah. Once you know that there was no like development, it was only like abnormal cells. Yeah. Were you, did you have any intuitive feel that like that? Right. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. So like two or three weeks earlier, as I was falling asleep, it was like a download that like, I heard like the word ectopic pregnancy, which is similar to a molar one. It's mm-hmm. when those cells, like it starts developing in the tubes instead of the uterus. Mm-hmm. Like you have an abnormal pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a weird thought. I was falling asleep and I just like "Hmm," went to bed and I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. so I feel like I know things like they happen and just like I get told, but like you don't know whether they're fully like serious. And so, well, there's also like also so many thoughts that are going through your head too, right? That it's like, it can be hard in that situation to be like, was that just like a random thought or like, what about, um, like the spirits like, like, did you feel the baby around that time or did you not? Not, which okay. makes sense as to why it was like there was actual no fetus. Yeah. And it like, I didn't know if it was just because am I like subconsciously protecting myself after last time? But I'm like, mm-hmm. but no, I'm very open. And like, I know what she feels like. Yeah. I had a feeling that like it would have been like the sole boy, even though the fetus didn't grow. Like I know the the spirit baby is a boy. Like I just, I I know that there was no actual connect. Like I could feel that. Mm. Yeah. So like now where are you at with your connection with your spirit babies? I actually feel like I only have more of a relationship with Mm -hmm. my daughter. Okay. I just feel like he's off doing something. Mm -hmm. Like he's just not, I don't think he ever wanted to come in the first place. Okay. Interesting. It's interesting how both of those have energetic elements of like what you're talking about with your birth story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the induction or like, it's not time. I don't want to come in the first place. You know what I mean? Like it's interesting how there's like similar things. And, but at the same time, I'm just like, but we weren't trying. So like, yeah. Universe, like why did like, and I get that there was growth, but there also is a part of me that's like, why get me pregnant twice to have it not be the right time twice? Yeah. When I wasn't like deliberately trying. Yeah. And like, I know obviously like there's a growth and expansion. I still would do it again and, and learn, like mm-hmm. welcome all the growth. But also it's just like, especially the second time I'm like, really? Yeah. If this wasn't going to work, did I, I don't feel like I really learned from the second one, like how mm-hmm. I did from the first one. Mm. Well, I think, I think you're probably gonna, 
I, I, I feel that like when you finally like, well, when you get to the point where you like actually want to be pregnant, you know, and like that's happening, I feel like it's going to become clear through like at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like there's a lot of stuff where it's like, like many things in life, you go through things where you're like, what the fuck? And it's not until you're in a later experience that then you can make sense of yeah, why you had to go through that. You know what I mean? Or perhaps even them telling me. Like, I've heard stories about, you know, kids when they come through, like, oh, like, you weren't ready before, mommy. Or, like, they, yeah. they talk and they the souls can tell you. So, yeah. I mean, who knows? Let's see in, like, three, four years. Like, I'll be sitting down with you and be like, oh, so-and-so said this is yeah. why. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm, it's wild. Like, I'm really grateful that you share that story. And I feel like a, this kind of stuff, talk talking about this, I think is so helpful for different people. I think there's a lot around, like, birth and, uh, like, pregnancy and all the trauma that with kids, like we talked about before, but mothers and, like, the whole portal. Like, I just feel like there are so many other angles that need to just be talked mm-hmm. about and shared and everybody has different a different experience you know and like you know for me as someone who hasn't even gotten into that I'm like I'm just trying to like I've been just trying to learn like just from different people's experiences and like perspectives and like how they go about things like and I know there's so much controversy like in that space and Mm -hmm. to me it's just like it's bullshit like you got to follow your intuition and what different people need and how they feel and like it's going to be different for everybody you know Mm -hmm. like and so I just I mean, I'm really grateful for like all of the, all of the women who like are like share their experiences, you know, cause it's like, you don't know it. Like, I feel like it's like this whole, you know, it's this whole other world where I'm like, I don't have no idea what that's going to be like and like all the different angles to it. Um, and I also think it's especially interesting, like as somebody like trained as a naturopath and who's and intuitive like to have those angles to mm-hmm. it is like very unique mm-hmm. you know like what you went through is very unique and also having like the naturopath hat on and like seeing it from that side and then and then also like seeing it from the energetic like psychic side like not that many people have all that at the same time you know which really paints like honestly like a beautiful picture of like the understanding of it all Yeah, totally. It's, like, multifaceted. You know, this stuff is, like, not simple, you know? Um, And I think think there's, like, you know, always more to be revealed. But I also feel like it's, like, I feel right now on the planet, like, and how we started this, there's this big energy of, like, death and rebirth Mm -hmm. for everybody, you know? And that's manifesting physically there's a lot of people leaving the planet there's a lot of stuff going on with pregnancies there's a lot of relationship settings and coming Mm -hmm. apart there's a lot of in career like death and transformation like that that energy is so potent right now and I really feel like we're being pushed to sit in the energy of death in whatever way that is like the emotions like you talked about the crumbling the like I And I think a lot of us, we want to jump to like, how can I heal from this? How can I grow from this? Like, what's the lesson in this? And like, a lot of it is like, this is like the experience. This is Mm -hmm. like the human experience of like, we go through these death and rebirth cycles. And like, sometimes you just have to feel it and just like be Mm -hmm. in it. And it's really uncomfortable, you know? I love that you said that because I really do think like as much as like, what's the lesson in this of like, maybe it's not the right time. 
the lesson can also just be, like you said, the crumbling and the surrendering into that human experience mm-hmm. is the lesson in itself. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't like that, but it's like, what, why? Like, that's just what, guess what? We signed up to come here and it's like, we experience duality. We experience tough stuff and it's like, it, it is what it is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so thank you for, for sharing that. <laughs> um, and I know that's going to help a lot of people. And I think, yeah, I appreciate, you know, women sharing about these topics because I know it's not easy. And I know there's like a lot of people, everyone has a different perspective and experience and like emotions around it. And it's like, I don't know why people feel like they need to like, it's okay if other people have different emotions or feelings about things than you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Exactly. Like, um, and I think we need to like, I think we, we've kind of created this culture where people are afraid to talk and share like hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Especially about this kind of stuff and yeah. even about like miscarriages. And I'm, I know that like, my experience with the loss, most women are not going to come to me and like, oh yeah, I had a loss of a child and experience bliss and ecstasy. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to show you that like there is, you know, potentially like a different way to experience it. And like, yeah, there are, well, there's an and there's an and it's like, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It's like, it can be literally like horrific and traumatic and awful. And it could be angry and frustrated, like whatever it is that you're feeling like that is all valid. And there can also be like this expansion and Mm -hmm. it really is like, I've always felt this way. I mean, we talked about this with like soul connections and friends and I'm like, I just have experienced and I'm not saying this is an absolute (laughs) like at all, but the, the people I know who have some of the deepest trauma, like they love the hardest. They love the deepest, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, and I feel that like there's a depth to, how they can see me and love me and give love and receive love. That's just, yeah. that's just different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a, you know, better than worse than, but it's just, it's, it's a, there's a different depth okay. to it, you know? And I know like from just my own experiences, the things that have mm-hmm. been the most painful for me, like it's the same thing. It's like on the other side, it's like, because I have felt that immense pain, I also can, give and receive and appreciate and feel love so much more deeply because it's exactly what you talked about it just expanded the container yeah you know and like I feel like that's really what we're here to experience like Mm -hmm. as humans it's it's the full spectrum it's Mm -hmm. all of it and a lot of us live our lives like just right in the middle because you want to stay comfortable and it's like but that's boring and then you don't feel satisfied and then you're Mm -hmm. looking for this deep love but you never put yourself in the situation to do it it's like this whole thing with I mean we've talked about this too of like open your heart, put yourself out there. And it's like, people don't want to get rejected or hurt. Um, but it's like, okay, but then you're never going to experience deep love. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have one or the other. Yeah. Like if you want to go that deep, you have to. Yeah. You, you have, have to, to be willing to experience heartbreak. If you want to experience a great love, like in any area of your life, you know, yeah. romantic relationship, friendships, family, children, like, you know, that's part of it. Like even going back to the, it's like, I might experience the heartbreak of this, but is it worth it for me to also experience like I could, you know, give birth to a child? Like it's, it's risk, you know, I think like every freaking card I've pulled this, <laughs> Liv and I just pull all these cards <laughs> together. Like every little, every single day I'm pulling risk card, risk disruption. I feel like, and I think you're feeling this too. Like all of us are being pushed to just like mm-hmm. get edgier. 
Yeah. Like do, do it, like go for it, you know? Um, and it'll bring us closer together yeah. like, as a collective, as a community. And like, even with all this, like it brought my fiance and I so much closer and like the depth, like I was already madly loved. We had a deep love. This brought it to a whole yeah. new level. And I know maybe for people watching who have had kids, having your partner be there through like a birth yeah. bonds you in a way. I mean, having them like visually even see that, like he's seen stuff, yeah. Yeah, he's seen but like <laughs> it yeah. bonds you. Yeah. And so like, can we also do that more as a, as a community with people close to you? And like, mm-hmm. as you said, like open that space and go those depths to actually have the nourishing relationships that we want to have. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? It's like, Getting rid of that gel layer. Yeah, getting rid of the (laughs) the gel. Do you want to talk about it? (laughs) What's the gel layer? The gel layer is a little bit of see-through gel that I am currently working on dismantling that I didn't know was there until the wonderful Christina (laughs) pointed it out to me. Well, it's true. Like, we can't see our own blind spots. Oh, totally. And you brought the unconscious conscious, so... And in this episode, like I said, is I haven't even mm-hmm. talked to my audience about my second one, yeah. like pregnancy. And I, this is a beautiful opportunity to, with you, kind of open yeah. up and clear some of that gel. Well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. The gel layer is, like, I think a lot of people listening to this probably have a gel layer. <laughs> you know, like, okay, somewhere along the line when you're, like, when you were younger, you created, I, I was saying, like, it's really good. It's like a bumper. Like, mm-hmm maybe it was your parents or siblings or people around you, you learned where there was intense emotion and you were trying to protect yourself and you still had to be aware of your surroundings. Like what, this is how empaths are built, right? Like, um, you, you still need to be aware of your surroundings in terms of how does this person feel right now? So I can be aware of if this person's going to fly off the handle or whatever it is, you know? Um, so I can try and protect myself. I still want to know if, if mom or dad or sibling or whatever is upset, so I'm not taken off guard, but I don't want to feel the full blunt of it because it's too much for my little system, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I'm still aware of how they're feeling, but I have this little bumper layer, this gel layer in between me and them. And it's clear, right? It's clear gel. So I can still feel it. I know what's going on. I can see it, but I'm not experiencing the full impact. Yeah. Like we're, I was like saying, it's like bumper cars, you know, you're still hitting each other. I know that you hit me, but I'm not like in a car crash. Um, so that was the gel layer. And I think a lot of us have that, you know, and then it's like, you don't realize that you create that when you're young and then you carry it through your whole life. And then there, it feels like, okay, well, I've got to get rid of this for people to really see me, you yeah. know? Um, otherwise it's kind of this hazy thing. We did a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were shape-shifting into your medicine woman. <laughs> with your headdress I'm definitely gonna harness more of that energy yeah it was wild I was like and I literally like I know what you're gonna look like when you're old like I literally saw you old <laughs> it was so crazy like I looked like myself but yeah. an, like a medicine woman yeah like you older. looked yourself but old yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then you also were shifting into like a different face that was older but mm-hmm. I was seeing you old with the headdress mm-hmm. um and and then and then, can we talk about the blue orb? We have to talk about the blue orb. Yeah, I want you to talk about how you plugged my joy back in. Yeah. Okay, so, I don't know. We were doing, like, energy work. I don't even know. We were doing energy work around other stuff. And then, 
I think I was okay. What's the next question? And you said, you're like, how can I go deeper spiritually or something like that? What? It was something about like, just how can I drop in deeper? It like, was like, what do I need to do to drop in? Yeah. And yeah. then that's when it dropped in. Immediately, this blue orb of light starts, flo- it's like floating above her head, but like five or six feet in the air. And then it starts like kind of moving into the center of the room. And... And I was like, what is that doing there? And at first I didn't think it, I was like, what's, what, what is it? I didn't realize it. And then it, it told me it needed, it needed to go in you. And so I like bring it down, I bring it into my hands. <laughs> and then I was like, I had Liv stand up and I dropped it back into her body. And it, as it went to her body, I thought the orb was going to like move through her body. But it was like basically filling in her aura and changing her entire aura. And then And then I was like anchoring it in and I had to tie it to your feet. And then I had to, and then we like, I had to latch it in. And the way they had me latch it in was they showed me like your DNA double helix and it had to get recoded in there. And then it was uploading. And I was like telling Liv, I was like, okay, we're like 71%. We're like 83%. I'm like listening out the percentage and she's like feeling it upload. Oh, I'm feeling it. Like I can feel like, and there's this, it's almost like I, went back to a little girl because all of a sudden I felt like maybe like seven or eight years old. I had this giant yeah. smile on my face yeah. and it was getting bigger. I'm like, it's loading. Yeah. It's loading. <laughs> it was so great. And then it finally hit a hundred and then you just like burst out crying. Like joy, like tears. Such tears like, of joy. It's like yeah. so much joy and happiness. Yeah. That like had gotten removed from me. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. oh my God, we just plugged your joy, joy back, back in. And like, was what was so I living cool. at before? Like, I'm just really curious to see how my joy kind of like I know. opens up from here. I know. It was beautiful. Thank you so much for I'm, that. You're so welcome. I'm glad I, I'm glad I could do it. <laughs> I loved feeling so much joy. Like tears yeah. of joy are just like, I was like, I'm just so happy. Yeah. And just like, that's really what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Like, lo- like a loading part. And if like my heart and my joy was just getting higher and higher and higher. Yeah. I mean, I felt that was so mm-hmm. healing for me because like, in this death and rebirth process I'm in, like, you know, one of the big things that I'm getting really strongly in a million directions is like, like helping people reconnect with their inner child. Cause mm-hmm. I just feel like as adults, people are really disconnected. Like their, their joy ball is outside of them. Their magic's outside of them. Like, and, and you ask people like, like what excites you? What brings you joy? What makes you feel like a kid? What does your inner child want? And I think a lot of people genuinely are like, I don't know. They're like, I don't know. And they're trying to figure it out. And it's like, you can like actually have that disconnect energetically. Like what that exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and for me experiencing that, I was like, oh my God, how many people just have this like literally disconnected and we need to put their freaking inner child joy ball back Mm -hmm. in them so they can connect back in with that. Like, I feel like that's a gift I have. Like I have that really strong inner child energy about stuff. Like people have always said that to me and I'm like, oh my God, like, I think it's just kind of disconnected for a lot of people, yeah. you know, but that's how we like actually can feel the magic in life and like actually get excited about life again and enjoy the, the little moments, you know? So like it was really healing for me. And I told you, it reminded me of Peter Pan, like how they talk about like, Oh yeah. Well, a lot of adults, they just lose their magic. They forget. Right. And it's like, I don't want adults to forget. <laughs> it was very much like, like you said, like a childlike joy. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, childlike joy and, like, wonder is very different. Like, like I said, I was immediately taken back to, like, being a kid. And like you said, it's, like, that – the magic of being a kid. Yeah. That, like, we can find joy. Like, 
do not get me wrong. If I am in Italy eating like delicious food, that's joy. Yeah. It's different than like a childhood joy that I feel like you plugged back in. Totally. Well, it's I'm like so that, like that magic, like, you know, I don't know, joy, yeah. but basic, like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like that wonder. Wonder, awe, joy. Like it's the way I feel when every, anytime I go to Disneyland and I watch the fireworks and I just start crying. Like, I just feel like <laughs> I'm literally in the land of magic, you know? And like, I think it's also really connected to this ability to immerse yourself in another world, mm-hmm. you know, it's like really let yourself play. And I think a lot of adults, like they don't let themselves jump into the other world, like jump mm-hmm. into the portal. And I think that's a spiritual disconnection. I'm like, you've got to be willing to like literally see the world as magical, yeah. you know, like I can't see all the colors and orbs and everything. If I'm not willing to like immerse myself in this, in that experience, if I already decided that doesn't exist, yeah, you know, and I think that people have just gotten way too serious, way too fucking serious. Yeah. It's like, we've got enough serious shit happening, you know, gotta like, <laughs> we need more of that, like that childlike yeah. joy and wonder. hundred percent. hundred percent. So yeah, that was so, that was cool. We've had, we've had a good trip. Yeah, we have. Wild ride. Wild. Wild ride. Well. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for everything you shared. Thank you for having me. And uh, I would love if you could let everyone know where they can connect more with you. What's going on in your world? I feel like the best place to connect is just my Instagram. Keep Mm -hmm. up with Liv. Or you can like listen to my podcast. That's where kind of like I dive deeper and I'm able to share like so much more in depth than obviously we can in an Instagram caption or in stories. Mm -hmm. So those are the the two best places. Come say hello. Mm Mm-hmm. Let me know what you got from the episode, if you felt like it was helpful for you or, you know, all of that. I love talking to you. I feel like we could talk for hours. Like, that's the thing. I do this whole trip. All of a sudden, like, three hours have passed and we're still talking. I know. So I feel like we could keep going, but, like, we're we're not going to talk for 10 hours. I have so many other things to say. It's already long, but it's okay. We can do more parts. Yeah. So, okay. Come over, say hi. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Well, we'll put all of your links in the show notes. Uh, And, yeah, we're going to wrap up today's show so thank you all for listening in if you enjoy this be sure to take a screenshot share to social media tag me tag christina the channel podcast and live i keep up with live and that way we can uh say thank you for listening and repost you i always appreciate all those shares it really helps to grow the show so big thank you to all of you who do share the podcast it really means the world that's gonna be it for today thank you again so much for listening in i hope you have an amazing rest of your day and i will chat with you again next time